Hey everyone, welcome to West New York Brews. My name is Scott. I'm a homebrewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. And on this episode, we talk to Carl Kobe from Pressure Drop Brewing. Hey everyone, once again, this is West New York Brews. My name is Scott, and on this episode, we're talking to Carl Kobe, the head brewer at Pressure Drop Brewing, and we discuss Pressure Drop, how they've handled the uh, situation with takeout, and how they're helping out Brickyard Brewing, which if you recall, uh, a few episodes back, we talked to uh, John Paul Matier from Brickyard about the recent fire up there, and he has been brewing White Bronco with Carl at Pressure Drop. So we'll talk about that as well. This episode is about two hours long, and there was an over-under on how many times Carl would use a, a specific expletive. And I think that censoring uh, words, but leaving them there, bleeping them out, is funny. So... I took the time, and it took me a while, long time, to to bleep every single one of them. Uh, that being said, and I did listen to this episode multiple times, I might have missed one or two, and I'm sorry if I have. I will let you know that, that I left them in. I did try to bleep them, and... Um, just be aware in case you're listening to this with young ears present. So we'll start this right after I let you know that West New York Brews is a member of the Hopped Up Network. It is a collection of regional independent beer podcasts, and you can find all those beer podcasts at hoppedupnetwork.com. Please go to buffalobeerleague.com for anything West New York Brews related or anything Buffalo Beer related. Buffalobeerleague.com. Let's get into this interview. So what's uh, what's everybody drinking? All right. I've been waiting for this to crack this pineapple sticky. I'm on the mango. Mm. So did you. I don't know, man. Should I start with a can confirm or a jank Sinatra? Just to chill. Jank Sinatra. That hasn't been out for a while, so that's what was that? Fall from October. Oh, yeah, nice and fresh. This uh, this can't confirm is from April of last year. Well, that'll keep. Yeah, I mean, it should, if anything, just be more sour. Guava, lime, and pink salt. We're doing a new guava beer. Excellent. Oh, Apparently, yeah. I don't know how to pour from a crowler. I just went down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Jesse, shouldn't you know. have plenty of experience pouring from crawlers? I guess. <laughs> Should and uh, how do you pour, do you pour it down your leg? I don't. I don't know how that happened. It went down the can and then down my leg. <laughs> All right. Let's see how this aged. <laughs> no. Carl, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying I'm not sure what a uh, what guava tastes like. What's what's guava taste like? Guava is tart, like on its own, it's naturally tart. Right, got a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, I don't know. It kind of tastes like like a pink sour patch kid, mm, like nice. just like on its own. Nice description. And, I dig it. 
it guava is like um it's it's cheating for sour beer it's like throwing galaxy hops in an ipa like Uh. you you can almost do no wrong (laughs) and so like with when you're making sour beer like guava is like the galaxy hops of sours Mm. it's like it's it's cheating yeah, guava, is, guava isn't something people just eat, I think, on its own, right? It's like always... If you go to Hawaii, which I highly recommend that you go to Hawaii, um, you'll like go into some like baller-ass restaurant, and they'll be like, oh, for an appetizer, we have a, a fresh fruit plate. And they'll have like all sorts of crazy crap on there, like star fruit, dragon fruit. Okay. And they'll have like slices of guava <laughs> on there. Okay. And, oh, it's... Like, the tartness, like, really balances well. Like, dragon fruit's, like, kind of meaty and, like, a little sweet. Yeah. Like, star fruit is, like, very sweet, but it's almost, like, borderline pineapple-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll have, like, fresh pineapple and other stuff on there, too. But, like, the, the tartness of the guava, like, balances out, like, everything mm-hmm. else on that plate. Right. And, like, you'll get, like, a plate, like, this big. It's tiny. And it'll have like fifteen tiny little pieces of fruit on it. It is like forty five dollars. <laughs> wow! I thought avocados were bad. <laughs> Expensive, I mean. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like if you go to Hawaii, like everything's expensive. Yeah. Like, like right now, gas is at an all time low, and I think it's like six fifty a gallon there. Oh. You know, um, like a gallon of milk is like seven dollars. A dozen eggs is like eleven bucks. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to Outback Steakhouse in Hawaii, which I do not recommend doing, <laughs> 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 terrible idea. I have a buddy of mine. He went to Hawaii, and when he was in Hawaii, he was like, "Oh, let's go to Outback Steakhouse." And I was just like, "Dude, you're a moron." There's like a million great places to eat. Yeah. He went to Outback Steakhouse in freaking Honolulu, and his meal cost him two hundred and seventy dollars. Wow! Wow! I was like, go to a luau, man. You get Yeah, I was about to say, I would just like walk down the beach until I find a pig roast or something. <laughs> it was an $80 blooming onion. <laughs> oh, I think we lost Carl. Is he frozen? Carl? Looks like he's frozen. <laughs> it advanced 500 people because we only killed two pigs and you know we only have so much rum for my ties you know we really missed out on the, mo- the most of that story I think. Rose up for a minute there yeah oh man yeah you came back in about somewhere around rum and pigs <laughs> yeah but i mean that's really all you need to know is yeah. that there's like unlimited rum and unlimited pig and like just like the <laughs> most Baller macaroni salad you've ever had in your entire life. Awesome. Listeners can fill in that story as they want. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave a blank. Yeah. We can have some fun with the audio there, I think. Yeah. There you go. So what do you think about the, Is that pineapple or mango you said? I've got the pineapple. I've Ryan's got the got mango. mango. So did you guys, did you rouse the cans? I roused it, yes. Very good. He roused it right all over his leg. Yeah. Oh, hey now. <laughs> that's, I don't, hey now. Well, that's what happened when I get roused. Have, so. have you guys all had both of them now? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, had the, I had the mango a couple weeks back, and it was just like straight mango juice. Yeah. So. It was. I think it I like the mango more. 
Because like mango's like got all on myself. It's got a touch like mango inherently has like a touch of bitterness to it that like works really well with an IPA. Mm-hmm. Whereas like pineapple is just so sweet. I guess it balances probably a little bit better. But um like that sweetness of the pineapple just like totally dominates like all the flavor in that can. So we're gonna be doing it again though. We're gonna do more crawlers. Are you thinking about other fruits? Maybe you're just gonna stick with these two. No, we're just doing pineapple and mango again. Everybody went freaking nuts for them. I've had like every single week that we've done a loading dock sale since then, like I get at least three or four people come up and be like, please, please, please. Like, and then there were a ton of, because we sold out on like Thursday. Yeah. You sold out super early. So there were a ton of people that were like, they didn't even get a chance to get it. So we're going to, give it an, do another go round. It's still going to, it's going to be crazy limited again. And, uh, but we're definitely going to do another go round of it. Plus I didn't get to drink enough of it. So (laughs) I could say the same. I only got to drink like one crawler of pineapple and one crawler of mango. No, I got to drink two crawlers of mango and that was it. And I was like, quite honestly, I was pretty disappointed that I only got to drink like less than 1% of the beer. You know, Did you get to like uh, ladle out the stuff from the bottom of the fermenter and, and have that? <laughs> so this is actually so it's like this is just like sticky trees, right? So like every single time we can sticky trees, we like pull probably one or two kegs um, off of the canning line just to get everything like get all the temperature down and like get everything cool and let the app canning line like run properly and like blow any foam out of it so i got like i don't know like a bunch of half barrel kegs of sticky trees from like random dates in like april and may um from canning runs that we did and i was just like well let's just take those and then we just what i'll do is i'll just buy five gallons which is like 44 pounds of pineapple and i'll just like pour that in and then i just back with beer so we just it's a stupid amount of pineapple in there yeah and it's a stupid amount of mango and so we're just blending it like post-fermentation we're not actually like dumping fruit in and fermenting it with the beer which is one of the reasons why you got to rouse the cans Mm. is because all the fruit is added post-fermentation so it'll literally separate (laughs) like it'll stratify in the can like if you open that can up and you didn't rouse it the bottom half of that can will be pure mango juice and the top half of that can will be pure sticky trees. Hmm. And you'll just be like, what the hell is this? Like, this oh, doesn't have to be fruit. And then your next glass will be like, oh, what the hell is this? There's no beer in here. You know? So. Hmm. So are we recording this thing already? Like, what the f*** are we doing? Oh, yeah. No, it's already recording. We, we're, yeah, we're rolling, baby. Not that we have jumped in on anything important yet. I'd yeah. normally cut the first 15 or so Hold out. On. Scott, wait a second. Any discussion of sticky trees is important. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, I could tell with that. And fix it in, in post-production. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go, <laughs> Mark. Fix it in post. That's, like, that's a Hollywood term. Like, oh, we'll fix yeah. it in post. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> we're we're Scott big now. From- the first time that Scott and I did a, po- a podcast together, I was just like, edit that out, edit that out, edit yeah. that out. So Scott's got a dump button ready. Uh, yeah. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. The dump button. <laughs> you don't need to use a dump button. You just <laughs> go through and uh, 
creatively edit afterwards and uh it'll it'll hopefully sound like one <laughs> like smooth conversation very rarely do i have to go in afterwards soon. and add to it where i have to stop and say hey everyone it's scott i'm just telling you how we got from here to here <laughs> very rarely do i have to do that yeah, no, this is definitely like one of those times that, that that's really <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> probably just go off on like some super weird tangent. Someone will be we- like, hey, you know who's an <laughs> that uh... <laughs> I can't stand that guy. And then I'm like, I can't hey, leave everybody him. middle fingers up for Campbell. Yeah, really? there you go. Campbell. Yep, right there. That's for you, buddy. I thought that's that was dead. That, that doesn't count because I'm actually here. Well, not there. <laughs> no, you're not. Life. Well, we're just yeah. letting you know that this is this is now a thing again, and it ain't going anywhere anytime yeah. soon. Well, resurrected mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Scott. <laughs> uh, and it was actually it was my idea. Yeah. So that was straight up Carl's idea. Yeah. I looked right at Scott. I was. He's like, he's like, cool. I'm going to take a picture for beer league. I was like, well, let's flip off Brian then. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I, I, had, I had no choice. <laughs> I made him, like, I literally, I, like, I, it was, like, at gunpoint, like, dude. Oh, wow. More, more like, you want a can of sticky trees? I'm like, sure. Only <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of like, it, it's at shotgun point. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, if you would like this can of this delicious beer that was canned three days ago, you, you are going to have to flip off your cohort. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> the, uh, the mango is interesting, I think. Carl, he would have done it for free. Yeah, I would have done it for... I would have done it for two months old, Sticky Trees. <laughs> well, fortunately, I don't have any two-month-old chilling in my cooler. Yeah. Listen, I got go. a two-year-old sticky. I'm waiting to crack into. I cannot believe you're actually going to open that can for science. Science, for science. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it's going to taste like. It's going to be like a wet cardboard, a little bit of leather, and uh, a whole bunch of like I don't know, like armpit and like interior of a stinky ass shoe. Oh man! With like a really, really heavy malt presence. Just shotgun it then. So it yeah, and Carl, if you don't mind, I'm going to review it and then uh, grade it on untap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can we can we can go through and uh, how about this one? Why don't I go through and grade all your untapped reviews? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Like. That would be Brewer, interesting. Brewers reviewing people. Out. We'd appreciate the feedback. <laughs> well, and then ignore it. I've had I've had several yeah. hundred <laughs> several hundred conversations with um, with Drew Harden. He's he's a really big advocate of this of like going through and like roasting untapped reviews, <laughs> and it's like um, you know because you just get that like oh like. I drank this coffee cream porter and I gave it 0.25 stars. And you're like, what the f***? And then it just goes, oh, I, I don't really like coffee. And you're just like, yeah. Well, I'm allergic to coffee. Yeah. yeah, don't drink it, you f- twit. Yeah. You know? I, so I, I, um, I was at a brewery somewhere I'm... out of town. I can't remember where it was. And they, in the men's room, they had, they had printed out and framed bad untapped reviews. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that's uh, that's definitely a good idea. I think yeah. we should. Yeah, that same thing. Like, 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. This is a coffee porter. I don't really like coffee. Like, well, well, I mean, I could probably straight up like, wallpaper like an entire wall of a brewery with bad untapped reviews. We got like twenty thousand untapped reviews. Nice. And if you got twenty thousand untapped reviews, you probably got meh a thousand that are like just morons talking out the side of their mouth hole. Now I've but, stopped the word, the word of truth. Do you I've prefer seen. that or do you prefer I mean if they're gonna give it a bad grade, do you prefer they give you something to go off of instead of just not putting well, anything yeah, there? I would wait like like somebody the other day was like, Oh, um, you know, I'm not a really big fan of you got to chill and I was like, Yeah, motherfucker, we can that shit in December. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I understand why, you know, uh, a double dry hopped uh, all mosaic India pal lager didn't hold up for six freaking months. <laughs> you know, um, That's pretty good. No, there we go. I mean, I will say this: we we really out of like. I mean, I know a lot of breweries package beer, and dude, I, I we freaking are just like absolutely anal about our packaging processes, like. Um, there's a few breweries that are like super uptight about it and I'm one of them. And, uh, so like I have fair confidence that most of our beer will stand up for at least 180 days on a shelf, you know, which for an IPA is pretty outstanding. What do you do to, uh, enhance preservation? What are those? Well, so we measure, we measure dissolved oxygen levels, right? So the number one thing that kills beer is oxygen. Well, especially hoppy beer, right? So oxygen mixes in with hops, dude. It's like a really, really, that's where it like starts to become malty. That's where you start getting like those notes of like wet cardboard and like shit like that. And if you keep your oxygen levels like super duper duper low during your processes, like filtering, transferring, carbonating, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, you have like a guaranteed level of like parts per billion of pickup while you're canning. And then we'll take them out afterwards and go and get total packaged oxygen measured on them. And they're like, oh, it's like, oh, okay. If it comes in like at like under a hundred, it's good for like 120 days. But if it comes in at like 50, like that beer's good for 180 days on a shelf. And so because we measure all that and we do all that fun science um, and like literally just drive out to Jenny like once a month to have TPOs done sometimes. Well, at least we used to pre COVID. It gave us a really good idea on our packaging, like overall. So like, I know that the numbers on you got to chill were in like the mid seventies. So I was almost guaranteeing that that beer would last like at least, mm, uh, I'd say 150 days, something like that. So, hey, man, it's at like 180 right now. So, I mean, if it's still this tasting is, good. Yeah, this was December 26th. Yeah, that's a <laughs> day. The day it's my birthday. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, hey. Carl, this, that's a question. Like, at what point, like, you know, we got we got this at Wegmans today. Like, at what point, if you hear that your beer is still on the shelf – at a certain date, can you call the retailer and say like, Hey, look, yeah, I don't like, I don't, I don't want this on the shelf anymore because someone's going to buy it and think 
So one of the things is though too, is that I've got like a beer library in the, uh, in the, in the cooler at work. Right. So every single canning run that we've done for the last nine months, I mean, that's where like these beers came from is from the beer library. And so like, if I get like an untapped review and somebody says something tastes like kind of old and I'll go through and I'll go back to the beer library and I'll crack open a can and taste it. And I'm like, eh, it might've just been like one can that got through, you know, that wasn't quite perfect. Um, if I'm getting like consistently bad reviews, then it's like, okay, time to call Wegmans and have them crush that, you know, um, you do have that option. You got to buy it back, you know, and then you actually, we just kind of like, split that cost with like the powers that be that like sell all the beer. So if they like turn around and they like, cause distributors will over purchase, right. They'll be like, we're confident that we can sell 250 cases of this beer within 30 days. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you can necessarily do that, but I'll let you give it a shot there, buddy. And then every once in a while, like with chill, we did like 250 cases and they're like, dude, it's got Labatt logo on it. It's just going to fly. I was like, no, it won't. It's a microbrew with Labatt logo on it. Everybody's going to hate it. Nobody wants to buy it. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. We're going to, we're going to absolutely slaughter this beer. And um, like, as you said, it was still, which Wegmans was that Amherst street? Amherst street. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say this, the beer buyer there, I love that guy, but he overbuys. He buys way too much. He probably still had like cases of Selenia. The cucumber sour. I think yeah. the only Becca actually did the shop. They did. Yeah. Oh, why didn't you get? Oh. We're gonna get we're gonna get a fight on fight on the podcast here. All right, sweet. Yeah, now just like uh, you know, just like Fred Fred Flintstone and like go and get the club and like drag her by the hair down the stairs and be very pissed off. That would have been my number one choice. So, Carl, this, this, this beer library, are you issuing, are you issuing cards or memberships? Yeah, to this yeah, library, or? This library. <laughs> No, you just have to like come in one of these days at like eight o'clock at night when I'm finishing work and I'm like actually in the mood to like drink six month old beer. <laughs> a lot That's of the time. Point. So, like I said, it's like, you'll sit there and you'll, I, cause I, I check our reviews like all the time and it, for me, I, I, I really don't care. Like, if I get a review and it's 0.25 stars, oh, it's it's a coffee beer. I don't like coffee. That, that doesn't phase me, right? Yeah. You're, you grow know. up the outliers. Dude, yeah, and not only that, but grow a thick skin, right? That's just part of being a business owner <laughs> is growing a thick skin sometimes because you're not going to make everybody happy. Right. And so, but if I'm getting like consistently poor reviews on something, then it's time to dig it out of the library and then, then I'm like forced to drink six-month-old beer. But we do it. And it's like kind of like what Brian says. It's all in the name of science. And um, for our for our sake, it's all in the uh, name of quality control. Make sure that we still got like quality out on the shelves. I still have like freaking two or three, four packs of you got to chill, like sitting on that shelf, like waiting for me to crack into because I know it's still in stores. As yeah. soon as something leaves stores, then I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Like, they don't have any more volcano bunny, right? Then I don't need to keep it in the library anymore, right? Um, they don't have any more like sticky icky. That's like sold out like everywhere already. So like, I think I still have four cans of sticky icky sitting in the shelf, but like the fact that it's sold out within like two and a half weeks, three weeks, 
like there's real no really no point to keeping it yeah. around i'll just so then, probably go into the brew tomorrow and crush those do you i got i got so a four pack over there right now depending yeah. on the style do you issue a do you issue a shelf life to the each beer depending on the style because yeah for, so like i mean trees, we give a recommendation to the distributor yeah. like we don't want sticky trees to be more than 120 days old but i mean obviously you know some retailers are obviously much better with it than others certain retailers yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I found six-month-old sticky at certain retailers. Yeah, right. And quite honestly, though, too, <laughs> whoa, whoa. a lot of that is based on the geography, right? I can go into the Tops market around the corner from my house, and Tops does not sell a ton of craft beer. And the sticky trees that's in there is like three weeks old, right? Ooh. But then you get like, you know, a retailer who's like out in Hamburg or something where everybody's, everybody's buying all the Hamburg beer. They're buying all the Hamburg's brewing beer from that retailer. People can go to the brewery and buy the freshest beer possible, but instead they go to a local retailer and buy the beer from there because they're literally too lazy to drive an extra quarter of a mile, you know, especially in, in these weird groovy times that we're living in. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, not all retailers are open all the time. I mean, dude, we only sell beer on Saturday from noon to five and that's yeah. it, you know? So if you want our beer, you got to like pre-order it or keep your fingers crossed that we still have some, you know, so, them, but, so let's, you guys are open more with the patios go. open now though, right? No, so I'm, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, Whoa. that's all in the same building, but that's technically a separate business. Right. So they're hauling off and they're doing the, they are, they're opening up the patio. And um, so we do have, you know, fresh draft that we're giving them for that. And uh, like that's, but they don't have any inventory as far as to go is concerned, unless you want a growler fill, you know? So if you want cans, if you want, the one-off releases. If you want all the funky, weird stuff, you got to come to us. And we're only doing it from noon to five on Saturdays because it's a company of two people, you know? And quite honestly, for a while there, we were letting people private message us. Oh, just private message us and like come in and pick up beer whenever. And it just got to be too chaotic. Like people texting us and like being wanting to come by, pick up beer at like eight o'clock at night. I mean, like, I'm already there too much as is. So we had to, like, just find a slot where everything was going to work out and make it equitable for everybody. But it's kind of weird for us, though, too. I mean, we're like a wholesale-only brewery for, like, the longest time. And now all of a sudden we're doing retail. So we're, like, on a real stiff learning curve with this whole thing anyways. So. Yeah. I mean, everybody is. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like some people, like you, you, you watch like some breweries, boom, like day one, they're like, we're doing delivery, we're doing pop-ups, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I was just like, I was just like, oh, holy, like, I don't have the staff for that. Like, there's no way I can actually pull any of that off. Like, that's an impossibility, right? So then we, for our own, like, financial health and sanity, based in like, you know, finding like a work-life balance, which is way more work than life anyways. 
Um, we were like, okay, well, we can definitely do Saturdays from noon to five, you know? And so now we just do every Saturday from noon to five. And we've struck like a pretty good balance with it. I think it, I think it works out. Like people who are really interested in what we're doing, they're willing to wait and come down on Saturday and pick it up, you know? So and, uh, it, it worked I, out pretty well. I imagine the, the profit margin's a little better for you because you're kind of cutting out the middleman. Do you, uh, intend yeah. to, do you think you're going to continue doing that? Um, uh, you know, even well, as things open up, I'll say this though, too. I think that this is something that like the Western New York consumer is starting to like embrace is the concept of having interaction directly with the brewers and the breweries, like on a limited basis for retails X days per week or whatever. And, um, you know, like pre-ordering in square stores and Venmo is all a thing now. And that was not a thing, you know, three and a half months ago, mm-hmm. right? So I think there was like a huge learning curve for the customer, though, too, as to how they figure, like how they wanted to figure out how to do their like their cashless transactions and who they could trust, and like people, like you know, you know, is there going to be, you know, total chaos and like, you know no kind of organization or are people like kind of going to have their order, you know? And, uh, so I don't know. There's like a lot of different things that play. I seriously think as far as like phases of reopening go, mm-hmm. like even though we got patio season right now, I mean, dude, there's a lot of patios in Buffalo, but they're not that freaking big. Right. Mm-hmm. So people aren't going to be able to, do the drinking that they want to do mm-hmm. unless they're doing it like they've been doing it for like the last three months, which is like barbecuing in their backyard and pounding four packs. So I personally feel until like at least like phase three, maybe even like as soon as phase four starts, we'll be keeping doing this. Like, and I don't even know when phase four is going to start. Like dude, phase four is like, you can go to a football game with 80,000 people. Like when the f- is that going to happen? So yeah, it's like 2021 at the early, like early 2021, maybe. Well, I don't even know that it's like early 2021. I think it's more along the lines of like, Oh, we have a vaccine, you know, yeah. Yeah. or we have, you know, like a high enough antibody rate that like 80% of the population is like, showing antibodies so this is from january 31st so i'm gonna we're gonna do a little r&d right here so this is the space monkey episode four space monkey's new hope Hmm. smells delightful how's it holding up just hope none of the reps from disney and lucasfilm listen to this podcast (laughs) i kind of hope they do but that's a separate (laughs) that's right me too (laughs) that's that's still really good so my last untapped rating was a pressure drop beer. Uh, I've, I've been kind of not, not rating on untapped as much uh, just cause, it, but still my last rating was Buckstar, And that it was, was not point two five. It oh, was not. Did? Absolutely well, not. Nope. <laughs> I liked, I liked Buckstar a lot. I had a, I had a very nice night with that. It was a four, maybe a four point two five. I don't know. Two a buck star. 
Hey man, that's like I don't know, man. Buckstar gets like a lot of love. It's got like a it's got like a pretty solid following. Like I get this one guy. Here. Now that we're doing the uh, loading dock can sales, this guy comes by every Saturday and buys three four packs of Buckstar every Saturday. Oh. And I'm just like, really? And he's like, oh yeah. And then when you're like going through and you're telling people about the beers that you got there, and you're like. You know, oh, this is like a really nice, beautiful coffee cream porter. It's got strong coffee on the nose, chocolate with a nice, like, silky smooth, creamy, velvety finish to it. People are like, oh, hell yeah. Like, that sounds amazing. Let me try one of those. And people go nuts for it. So, I mean, it's got like a really, like, I don't want to say like a cult following, but it's starting to get like a stronger following, like, all all the time. Hmm. So, and I've gotten a ton of untapped reviews that say, this is the best beer that these guys make. So. Nice. I disagree because I, I like a lot of the beer that you guys make. Uh, Sticky Trees is the one that I where when somebody doesn't know Buffalo beer, that's the one where I introduce them to Buffalo beer is Sticky Trees. Really? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's like, listen, there's a lot of great beers in Buffalo. I want you to try this one first. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's the one that I've started bringing the places, you know, you're 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 cousin or your brother-in-law who drinks natty ice i still have my can down here what well, i'll Ooh, say this though you just drink that I no feel not like- tonight that long story but i'm sorry <laughs> go ahead carl i was just gonna say like for me like sticky trees is almost like it's like a gateway beer because i could see that it, yeah it's it's got really nice strong hot aroma and flavor but it's not overly bitter it's not malty like your old school West coasters were like right. really like tons of crystal malt in there. And they had like a lot of caramel flavor to it. It doesn't really have that. It's light. It's crisp. It's refreshing. It's like a great beer to drink on a summer day. And so like, I almost feel it's like a gateway IPA. So for like people who don't even like IPA, I always tell them like, just give it a shot. Tell me what you think. And they're like, Oh, hate ipas but i can drink that and i'm like well this is what ipa used to be right and i was like now you got all these like hazy juice bombs that have like so much lactose in them that you're gonna your pants they know so but i mean so there's like a little i always thought it was like well that's i guess that's like the one of the highest compliments is like if that's how you're introducing people to uh buffalo beer like i would figure you would gone with hayburner Hayburner is super easy to get, and it's it's definitely a good beer. Um, oh yeah, and, and not, but the, I would just say it, it's like a a huge. It's it's the number one selling craft beer yeah. produced in Western New York that is sold in Western New York. Yeah, so it's like it's almost emblematic of mm-hmm. like an. It's like Hayburner is almost emblematic of like what the Buffalo IPA is. I yeah. right. Totally like agree. in its own way. And so I would just figure like, here, drink like the most popular craft beer in Buffalo right now. Besides I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that guy. Right? <laughs> I'm going to be the guy. Hey, have some sticky trees. Trust me on this one. Oh, are you the guy? Are you the guy when you were in high school? You're like, Oh, let me tell you about this band that nobody knows about. But <laughs> I know about them. And that makes me cooler than you. Yeah, but I'm a music guy. You can't do that to me. No, that's, that's profiling. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally that guy, but I was like, "Hey, listen, you guys, you guys know about Hall and Oates? 
<laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you guys, do you guys know the Bluegrass Cardinals? <laughs> that sounds like something I would listen to. Yeah, it's actually uh, when I was a kid, my dad used to. He had this old. It was a 1950 Ford panel van. It used to be an ambulance. Who didn't have one of those? Everybody had one of those. This this thing was freaking nuts, man. Awesome. And, uh, it just had two bucket seats and a flatbed in the back of it. And we would jump in that thing and we would just drive all over the northeastern United States when I was a little kid and go to like all these bluegrass festivals. Hmm. And I just remember my dad like coming home from every single one of these things with like 30 new records, you know. You'd go home and you'd freaking throw them on the turntable and listen to them for freaking days. Carl, I drink a lot, but if we ever had this conversation before? No, we haven't had that conversation. All right, because my, my, <laughs> my dad is a bluegrass musician. Uh, oh yeah no i'm aware i'm aware you, I'm aware you literally the, the just described my my childhood <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we used to go to like bath new york and like uh yeah you know like we would drive it like we drove down to west virginia one time to go to a bluegrass festival and while we were there we're like ah, it, let's check out haley's comet you know because there was like a haley's comet like flight path like right over top of west virginia at the time right yeah, I mean, we used, I did that all I, the time. When, I went to a bluegrass camp in West Virginia for a week, for two oh, years in a row. Camp. So it's kind of like band camp, but it's like even lamer. Yes. <laughs> yes, this farmer tan, that's because of bluegrass camp. I'm going to grab some whiskey, excuse me. Oh, wow, you're getting serious. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what I've got on hand. We had a, a huge week of drinking. All right. It sounds like Really? Oh, yeah, just... Just so, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, I mean, like, okay, so, like, I know as being a small business owner, like, during a time of a pandemic, um, we tend to imbibe a lot more alcohol to, to, um, you know, just kind of deal with the stress of the day. Um, And I've talked to a lot of customers who, like, also said, oh, yes, it's like our drinking has gone up, like, exponentially. I mean, is that, like, representative for, like, you guys as a whole, though, too? Uh, like yeah. on average, I mean, I know that you're all yeah. beer guys to begin with. Yeah, but like, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a factor of having. Drinking, if you were drinking on average two or three, four packs a week, did you watch that climb to two cases a week? Oh, you wow. know, the ten pounds I've added says yes. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I yeah. will say this, man. Everybody I know is like, you know, they got a solid COVID fifteen going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like everybody I know. Well, for me personally, I'm buying more beer than I ever have. And I just over the last week brought back 67 bags of cans of recycling. So I guess that should tell you mm-hmm. something. Wait, wait, 67? 67, 67 bags of cans, yeah. Are we talking garbage bags? Yes. 13-gallon kitchen bags. Okay, 13-gallon bags. I'm assuming that included, that, that included the Rogers house. No, no, no. Bill oh. takes back all his own cans. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, so did you have to like rent a u-haul to go to the <laughs> camp redemption place? It, took, it took me three days three days and uh four, four trips in my suv holy representative from was the last time that you took cans back like march 1st <laughs> i couldn't tell you to be honest with you oh okay so where did you take them are those uh are those canned 
places where they do the work for you open again or you take yeah my you know my older brother scott runs the one in evans on five on route five so i just brought them all to him and he counts them when he has time and he takes his cut on i hope whoa yeah (laughs) carl i think part of of the reason like i don't know i'm gonna speak for everybody but yeah we're we're i'm drinking more just because i have less to do and i'm not going anywhere but also like there are like three releases a week yeah. from different places. I mean, so in that way, it's like I was going to be drinking anyway, but the, the variety and I think the quality of what the local places are putting out is making it, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going out every, you know, Friday and Saturdays to get beer from whoever's releasing it. So, um, yeah, we were, I mean, I we, think- were, we were joking yesterday. Like, I can't remember the last time I bought something that wasn't like from, you know, at least like like Rochester's as far away as I bought beer from since this all started. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, you guys are drinking obviously a lot more hyper local. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, as a you know small business owner, I, I consider that like a really good thing. I mean, I know talking to other brewery owners, they almost feel like they have to do something every single week in order to drive sales. Yeah. Right. So like if like, and I mean, I personally see it in our numbers, like, you know, we really soda jerk last week and that was a really good day. You know, like yeah. we, we had a fair amount of sales and like, you know, it was like, yeah, this is, this is groovy. This is what it should be. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't release anything this week and we're just like, yeah, you know, we did okay. But like, obviously not as good as when we release a new beer. Yeah. Um, us personally, though, like with the way the breweries set up and shit that we got going on and like, uh, you know, like when we make beer, we make a ton of beer. Um, it's hard to release something every single week because you literally don't want to overwhelm your distribution chain yeah. because we are heavily dependent on distribution as well. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's like we have to find like a balancing line with it. The smaller your brewery is, the more nimble and adaptable you can be, right? So, like, if you're running on, like, a three-barrel or a five-barrel system like the guys at Prosper or, like, Josh at West Shore or something like that, you know, Josh can pop out a new beer every single week yeah, and sell out, you know, every single freaking week. And um, he's got that availability, we're a little bit larger scale, so that hurts us a little bit more. If you look at someone like Big Ditch, it's really hard for them to do something like that, especially with, once again, they're, like, super dependent on, like, financially on the distribution supply chain. Yeah. So it's – and you cannot overwhelm – like, I remember when I first opened the brewery, I was talking to distributors in Buffalo, and I was like, I want to make a new beer every week. And they were like, you are high, 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 son. And were like, you when you told true. them that? Actually, yeah, despite the true. fact. No, I was actually stone cold sober. <laughs> okay. And I was like, this is something I really want to do. And they were just like, no, no, no. You got to make four beers and make them all the time and never make anything else. And I was just like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. So we like found like a middle ground where we were basically like before this whole thing, we were releasing like one new beer like every month. And now with everything that's going on, we're doing like two, sometimes three in a month, you know? So I feel like, there, uh, 
So with, with, with the way things are going now, is there any chance that you'll can your Pilsner anytime soon? The lager will probably not be getting canned. <sighs> um, Damn. It's just, re- okay, so the lager is uh, all New York State beer. So all New York State malt, all New York State hops. And New York State ingredients are a little bit pricier than buying, you know, from Wisconsin and hops from Oregon. Hops from Oregon, even with shipping, are cheaper than buying hops from Lockport. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because And it's all, it's just an economy of scale. Yeah. When you have 5,000 acres of hops, it's cheaper to grow them, it's cheaper to process them, it's cheaper to ship them. It, when you have five acres of hops, it's a lot more labor. It's a lot more time intensive. You need to demand a higher price for your product just to pay the bills, you know, and I'm not talking these, I'm not saying that these guys are like trying to make money. I'm saying just to pay the bills, just to break even, they have to charge a premium. So that beer is an all New York state beer. And because of that ingredient costs are massively higher and nobody's going to pay Eleven ninety nine for a four pack of beer, and not. I mean, nobody. I think you're talking to five guys who actually would pay twelve dollars for a four pack of Pilsner. The thing is, though, too, is that I'll say this about the whole New York farm brewery thing. It's a great initiative. It's like great for like building small business. It's cool. great for like cool. you know building up farms. You know. It's it's a really great idea in principle. Ninety nine percent of consumers, like ninety nine percent of the people who buy beer, don't actively seek out beer that was made in New York State, right? They just, quite honestly, they don't give a. F- and then, if they do find out it was made with local ingredients, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's great," but it's not going to be a point for them to go and actively seek it out again because they're supporting, you know, Vertical Vines Hop Farm, who's their freaking next-door neighbor. Yeah. They don't – most people don't give a And, um, I mean, they do, but they don't. It's like this weird line. So, like, you advertise that you're making New York State products. It's really not a draw. Unless, what is the real draw is if you're making good beer, Right. And if you can make great beer with New York State product, that's great. Um, I don't actually find it very difficult at all. I actually think that a lot of the stuff that's coming out of New York State right now is absolutely awesome. Um, Like, I was talking to Rudy at Thin Man. He's buying, like, all his Chinook this year from a local hop farm. I'm about to do a beer that's going to be dry hopped with, like, 60% of of the hops were grown locally. Um, and it's going to be like a big baller juice bomb freaking IPA. So, I mean, it's doable. Like the ingredients are, are so much better now than they were even two or three years ago, but it's not a driving factor for sales. So I don't know what that was, but all right. <laughs> it wasn't me. That's for sure. Who took it? I'm, I am outside. I did not. We can't uh, see your bottom half. You could be. I think my wife is taking a shower. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so wait. So, so if I can have a second, can I talk about this two-year-old sticky that I've been powering my way through? 
Please. We want all the looks tasting. A little, looks a little dark in color. Yeah. So I'm ready to go so, on untapped. So, Let's do this. So Carl, yeah. your original your original tasting notes from earlier in the podcast weren't too far off. It kind of <laughs> tastes like it tastes like wet copier paper covered in pepper. Uh, wow. Cheers. <laughs> I'll get down with pepper. How, how do you know copier paper and not like <laughs> like like uh, like construction paper or uh, <laughs> copier paper? No, no, that was the like, first thing that came like, to my uh, mind. What weights are we talking? <laughs> It's got an aroma almost like glue, and that's copy paper. It smells like it smells like just hot malt. Yeah, I was saying it was going to be malty as. F- it smells like hot malt. Like you know, you, gotta, you, you know, you know the way malt. Obviously, you guys, you guys are home brewers, and Carl, obviously, professional brewer. Uh, the way wet malt. Former, smells, former home brewer, though. I know exactly the, the way what you wet mean. Malt smells after after a brew day. That's what this smells like. Okay, can I tell you the the first podcast I ever produced? I I had a keyboard behind me just like this, and I mapped out a MIDI uh, program so that when I would press a certain key, it would play back a, a clip from a previous episode. Dude, that's awesome! And that it tastes or it smells like hot malt. Sounds like one of the things that should be on a key. <laughs> So that next time we're recording, I just hit this. I hit this B flat, and it's you saying it's it tastes or it smells like hot malt. I had to crack some fresh sticky. I'm going to be hunting for sound bites going forward. I I just want you to know. Please go ahead and dream pour that two year old crap. You know what you need to do. uh, I'm really interested in that. uh, That I hear you, Mark. I'm with you. All right, you gonna chug it? Yeah. Can of Aqua Jesus, the uh, the unmarked can of Aqua Jesus. I have one in the fridge from the well, original. I mean, I've been hearing you talk about this unmarked can of Aqua Jesus. Oh, here we go. Nice uh, for a week uh, where you oh, said you. There it is. Uh, for, for those of you that didn't witness this, that was Brian chugging that uh, two-year-old. Woo! People need to see this. Yeah, yeah people that. He better put on a diaper because he's about to shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, truth be told, that could have happened before I drank that two years ago. Uh, well, what, are you surviving on a diet of, like, Ted's Hot Dogs and Mighty Taco? <laughs> <laughs> Although that does, no, well, it's, the last time I ate at Mighty Taco, this could probably be cut. I got food poisoning, and I haven't eaten there since. Huh. But uh, Ted's Hot Dogs, I'm in for. Hey, I'll tell you, man, that bufferito burrito that they make with like uh it's like got frank's hot sauce and blue cheese and chicken and a burrito yeah I, I i hit the drive-thru one night when i was i don't know maybe like 18 cans of sticky trees deep now we're talking <laughs> that's a lot of sticky now we're talking i was i was pretty up <clears throat> And hit the drive-thru, and they were doing buy one, get one free on these uh, Bufferito nice. burritos. So Ooh. I ate four of these things, and uh, I proceeded to vomit and <laughs> them all out within, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> Sounds about right. We've all so, been there. Who has yeah. not done Yeah, that? I mean, the glories, the absolute glories of the good people of Mighty Taco who make the most garbage food in the world that everybody's addicted to. Yeah, that, I think it's a rite of passage is a Buffalonian. Yeah. 
Well, this this podcast is just full of gems so far. <laughs> now, <laughs> what did right. you expect when we had Carl on the podcast? Love what did it. you expect was going to happen? There's the whole keyboard is filling up right now. Yes. Yeah. Although, although we have been on, we've been on with Carl for an hour, and I don't think he's dropped the F-bomb once, contrary to what everybody was telling us he was going to do. He no, has. He has. I'm oh. keeping track. Do not beep out the F-bombs. Who listens to this? There's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. think we've censored Ooh, anybody else. Why would we censor Carl? So this is the oh, Dank hey Sinatra. Now. I want to know how that oh, hole is. Just so you know, Carl, we're going to censor out words that aren't swear words just to make it sound like a serious. <laughs> yes. Just to make it weird. <laughs> awesome <laughs> idea. You guys remember that? Like, <laughs> but, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, like, Carl went off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So in the past, every, every time, uh, every time your audio bleeps out, it's just going to be a continuous line of bleeps. So Matt Kahn put up an over under. Okay. For f bombs at, at fifty. We're under. We're way we're under. Way under. under. Oh yeah, no. I think I, I swear to God, I think I'm only at like fourteen f bombs. <laughs> Matt Kahn's episode from a couple of weeks ago has had 134 listens this month. Oh, Matt! Oh, that's I believe good. Matt Kahn zero f bombs. Oh yeah, zero f bombs from Matt. Kahn. Jeff, Jeff Ware from Resurgence about 150 f bombs. Right? Really? And, yeah, he he was dropping the f bomb all over the place. The Good Bar episode is still the top episode of, oh, of sure quarantine. No, oh, that's like the so the Good Bar episode. That's like the Goodfellas episode. <laughs> where it's like Goodfellas like set a record for like most times the word f- was used in a movie. Nice. Uh, There's may, 15, by the way. We may have broken a world record, a record for the most Scott podcast. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Scott was telling me that you guys were just like taking a shot every two minutes. It's well, it felt like it. At least, at least you know, yeah. Every 15, at least. Yeah. I'm gonna drink four beers, then I'm gonna pee all over my phone and. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> this that might be a winner. Right? One way to go. One way to go we'll out. I don't know how that translates to audio, but <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is actually, this has held up um, amazingly well. There's oh, yeah. like a little bit, there's a little bit of like malt creeping in. Not wet cardboard. It's just getting a little bit sweeter than it once was. But at the same point in time, it is still skunky and freaking dank as dank, dank. It's really light to begin with in color, at least, I think. So, yeah. Well, there's this, this stuff is like, it's just all like malted oats, flaked oats, Pilsner malt, two row. There's no, there's nothing dark. There's nothing dark in this beer at all. I, I mean, I'll look up the recipe one of these days, but then we put that, um, we use this really funky hop distillate in this stuff. And that just makes it like the skunkiness like lasts forever. I really like the the first batch of it. The second batch was a little more restrained, I think. Well, okay. Yeah. So I'll say this. The, the first batch is what I like to call a hot <laughs> mess. Um, <laughs> because we just seriously, it, it, there was like a protein bonding with the distillate and the existing hop crystals that just literally turned it into like hot green soup. And, um, 
I tried to make sure that that wasn't going to be the case the second time because we got a lot of positive, but also a lot of negative feedback on that. But then when we released the second batch, everybody who loved the first one was like, this is still really good. It's not quite as green as the first one, but it's still really good. But all the people who hated the first batch thought the second batch was awesome. So, you know, a little more approachable. Yeah, no, we weren't trying to uh, burn your throat with uh, Pop Crystal the second time around. I found um, I had cans. A collab with me. Sorry. As he's just chugs. Yeah. I had several different cans from that first release, and it it depended on the batch. Some of them were like, I had some with Jesse that were really, really good, like really on point. And then I had like uh, I would come back to like my four pack, and it was just as hot as can be. And I would, mine was the same way, Scott. Yeah. Oh, so like there was an inconsistency even in the canning run itself. Yes. Some of it was just absolutely like spot on amazing, yeah. and then some of it was just like eye watering. Like, like uh, <laughs> glad I got the good stuff. I, I like that term, <laughs> eye watering. Like I drank this beer and I cried. I yeah. cried. I was thinking of my dead grandmother. And, oh, yeah. Well, as long as it didn't make you bleed out of your ass. Whoa. Not that I'm aware of. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, I haven't I mean, had that, that beer yet. I definitely wouldn't have bought it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That the case. <laughs> yeah, no. If, it, if, it, if I bled out of more than one orifice, yeah. I, I definitely would have bought it again. Oh. <laughs> I'm starting to run low on battery. I might have to take this uh, inside the house. Plus, it's starting to get a little dark out here, too. As long as, long as we don't annoy your wife, we're game with that. No, what is this barn that yep. you're sitting in front of? So, I got a shed. Uh, so, like, Looks like the a house shed. that I live in is a, a rental, right? And we have a two-car garage that is, like, ours. And we can store whatever we want in there. But the landlord has stuff that he stores at the house. Hmm. So he like built this tough shed and just like got a padlock on it. And it's full of like a bunch of that he just doesn't want to throw away. Um, Even though in the three years that I've been here, he's never opened it once. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously, obviously everything that's in there is very, very, very important. He's aging for three bottles of beer in there. You know it. Well, actually, it's probably just like, you know, like birth certificates for his kids and stuff like that. You know, That's a whatever. weird thing to store at your tenant's house. Uh, I agree. I was thinking I more would... like dead hookers or something. Oh, just, just keep them stored in a shed? Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you got them sitting in a bucket of phosphoric acid, I mean, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got like 150 gallons of phosphoric acid. We could dump some bodies in there. Wow, that's good to know. That is good to know. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm actually, looking... phosphoric acid will only break down uh, inorganic material. So what we would do is just jam the dead body into the caustic first, and that would chew up all the organics. And then all the inorganics, like calcium and all that fun stuff, we would run that through the phosphoric. It would dissolve all the inorganics, and then uh, there would be no more dead body. Wow. You, you have you just thought about this. Well thought out. <laughs> very well thought out. I'm also in the process of trying to find myself a 1968 uh, Cadillac Coupe de Ville with a uh, trunk that you could stick about eight to ten dead bodies in. 
I'll, I'll keep my eye, I'll keep my ears open, you know, for somebody selling yeah. something like that. Yeah, or, if you ever find a '68 Coupe yeah. DeVille, I don't want, I don't want the sedan. I don't want the four door. Yeah, that's I the. the I have that one in my garage. <laughs> of course. Oh, you got the four door. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, yeah. that's a grandma car. No. I don't want a grandma car. Oh, I'm aware. Did you the say fifty-eight or sixty-eight? Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. All right. All right. Yeah, with the stacked headlights, and I want a black vinyl hardtop. I just want to look it up. <laughs> black leather interior, black car, black vinyl hardtop, four seventy-two big block, eight-cylinder. Yeah, and a trunk big enough that you could throw about eight dead bodies in there. Nice. I want to turn that like literally into like the pressure drop ring, like a vent vehicle. Oh, and, interesting. And then just like have like two taps coming off the trunk lid. Nice. With like six in there, like just chilling in a cooler with like a cold plate and like the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And so when we go to beer festivals, instead of like pouring through a jockey box, we just like back this gigantic Cadillac up <laughs> and then just like pour out of the back of the Cadillac. Either that or a 1966 uh, El Camino. Oh, I mean, it's an El Camino. Well, it would be an El Camino. Oh, oh. I almost want to boo that, but it's it's too good. Is that the, is that another beer coming out from Pressure Drop soon? El Camino. Mm. No, the not, El Camino's been done by like five breweries already. No. Well, this is the thing, though, is that like you cannot. Like we were going through the other day, you cannot find a beer name that has not been used yet. You haven't used the like beer generator almost, that Scott and I have. Then. Yeah. It's borderline impossible. Like when Rudy and I made dog birthday party and I like entered that into untapped and I was like, holy, there's not a single brewery has made one since or before. I was like, this is awesome. Right. But that is few and far between. Like dang Sinatra, half a dozen breweries make a dang Sinatra. Nobody makes us. Lots of breweries make a Space Monkey, but they don't make Space Monkey Episode 4, Space Monkey's New Hope. <laughs> of course. Um, when we did Can Confirm, we were probably the second brewery to do Can Confirm, but now there's probably 80. Um, and then uh, Sticky Trees is actually, there's only one other brewery has ever made a beer called Sticky Trees. Huh. Yeah. And not as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, it was like a, it was like a hoppy amber ale, yeah. And I was just like, and uh, the brewery that made it, by the way, is out of business. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nothing yeah. to worry about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then, um, but like we've got this new guava beer that's coming out, and it's going to be called. Um, it's going to be a dry hopped guava sour. Uh, it's going to be called Sour Diesel. Yeah. And Dude, I looked up Sour Diesel the other day. It's like 200 Sour uh-huh. Diesel beer. Uh-huh. And then when we did Sticky Icky, I was like, oh, there might be two or three. Nope. There's like 300 beers called Sticky Icky. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, at what point do you say, meh, we're doing it anyway? Um, at that point. As long yeah. as... Like, I always kind of look at it this way. As long as there's nobody doing it in the local market where we're going to sell it, I roll with it, you know? So, like, Fatheads in Ohio, they make a beer called Dank Sinatra, right? 
but they don't sell it in New York. So I was just like, screw it. Who cares? You know, that's where you're I'm not, with that. You're not going to put out a beer called Rusty Chain. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I know this is a collab. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out with a beer called Grass Burner. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, just tweak the local name just like a tiny bit. Yeah, I'm not going to come out with a beer called Aviator Blue. Tim Hertzog hand delivers a cease and desist letter to you, <laughs> like up the road. <laughs> you know, I had a really, really great conversation with Tim Herzog. We were doing this event at Kissing Bridge, and uh, this was when we came out with Faded Claws. And I said to him, I was just like. I was like, yeah, we got, we put Santa like puking in a bucket on the label. <laughs> and he, Tim Herzog, I mean, you guys know Tim. <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean I can't do that? He's like, you can't show someone like actively vomiting like on a beer label. Like that's illegal. And I was just like, well, I also put two reindeers on there smoking joints. And he was just like, he's like, you Carl, the best part about that was, dude, I wrote that up for an article on the best can release, the best can art in the city for the news. And yeah. they ran the artwork as the cover image of the article. Awesome. And that's the best, part, that's the best part of that. So he's like, he's telling me about all these things that I can't do. And I was like, well, I did them. <laughs> and I haven't gotten like a complaint about it yet. So I was like, you know, I, I guess we're not really totally here. And then he, he said, you can't put anybody smoking anything on a can of beer. And I was like, dude, I put zombie Frank Sinatra on a can smoking three joints at once. <laughs> and he was just like, I can't believe that you're not like in jail. And I was just like, it is what it is, Tim. It's a, it's a it's a new era. You were can telling I, me yesterday, Carl, that you you got a, a cease and desist for can confirm. Uh-oh. So yeah, I mean, like Did we really? cooperatively got a cease and desist for uh, can confirm with the good people at Twelve Gates when we made the beer. We got a cease and desist from the people at I don't know what they're called, like New Market Media or something like that. Hmm. Gonna give that bird a cease and desist. <laughs> Ah, we need the uh, rim shots on <laughs> the rim shots on effect there. Yeah. Yeah, All right, well, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna take this inside because my phone's about to die, anyways. Uh, so I, sh- I gotta plug sh- in. Show Look for you Jesse's guys while he's walking. Stand-up comedian. <laughs> while he's walking, I want to show you. I, I I told my wife this is our retirement plan here. Share screen. No, you're gonna show us some financials. Let's see them. Right here. here. Here's our retirement plan. Uh, it's a fifth wheel camper with two porches. Okay. Right. Oh. And I want to brew in the back. It's a toy hauler. So it's got like a garage in the back. That thing looks ridiculous. It is now, ridiculous. Your kids would hate that. No, my kids would be in college and we would be, this is, <laughs> it is ridiculous. So the back is, is base. It has power like and bars. Nice. So the idea is we brew in the back of this thing and put taps on the side and we go city to city and people, people hit us up for taps. Like just gypsy, gypsy brewing as we go. 
So I, I will say this. Uh, many years ago, I had this great idea. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to do. Oh, wait, here, hold on. <laughs> okay, there we go. Never mind. Um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a, like, basically a food truck that was a brewery. Right. Yes, and like drive same it around. Idea. Yeah. Right. Drive it around the country and just like brew beer in the back of it. Have like a little glycol chiller on the roof and like a couple fermenters in there. And then just like pull up to festivals and just sell beer. Right. So illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds really illegal. Yeah. But- State laws differ greatly. (laughs) Yeah, no. So you would literally have to get licensed in like all 50 states. But the number one thing is, is they actually want to be able to inspect your premises. And if you don't have a premises that's in a stationary place, they can't find you to inspect it. Mm. And that's a real problem for a lot of people. So I sleep in the same room I mash and ferment. So what if you're not selling it? What if you're... It's Give just it the, the homebrew wagon. So there's there's a lot of okay. So if you, give you beer for donations, if you I, give somebody, if you don't sell it, but you literally just give somebody weed, you can be charged with selling that person weed. Yeah. So That's if cool. you give somebody, and like I don't know the specifics on this. But I'm pretty confident in the fact that if you give somebody alcohol, even if you don't charge for it, that's considered a sale transaction. Yeah. And you will go to jail. <laughs> hey, that's how I'm going to live it out, man. Scott, what I'm just telling you right now, man. I've been to jail. I've been to jail. You would not do well in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been arrested. I have never been to jail. Oh, right. What? Wait, wow. you got wait. Whoa! So Leopold's ever been arrested? Story. No. Hold okay. On. Hold Come on. on. There's of a guy. I mean, what are you getting arrested six, for? There are six people here. You're gonna guess why I was be- I was arrested. It's not. A, it's not a great story. Nailed it. It's not in. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I got it. I think I got it. Let me take a guess. Criminal trespassing. Yeah. Mm. No. no. Really? Open container law. No, that's a good guess. No. Peeing on the side of a building. Oh, that's a good one. No, I could, I might lose my job for that one. I was going to say public urination. Yeah, because that's indecent exposure. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. You're actually, if you get caught pissing on the side of a building, you're technically a sex offender. Oh, I'm super, Dude. super, super weird about that one. Because what? obviously being an elementary school teacher, I would never, I don't want to jeopardize that. It was, I, it was underage drinking. Mmm. And okay. I was I was twenty and a half. Wait, you can get arrested for that? Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah, of course. Huh. Wait, let me guess. You got arrested in Amherst? No, I was. It was just outside of Rochester. It was Hamlin Town Park. This this Brian questions that could a guy who had a run in with the law for fireworks. So I am glad I grew up in the boonies. <laughs> When I got arrested for those fireworks, I was also highly intoxicated. You were, yes. But you didn't get arrested for drinking. Were you able to drink? No. No, I was not. What's that, Carl? They 
Were they you of all... age to drink, though, while you were highly intoxicated? Scott, were we? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I believe we were. Here we go. Let me I went into the of Rolling Rock. Yeah. I went into the house to go to the bathroom, and I come out, and Brian's gone. And I'm like, <laughs> what happened to Brian? They're like, he got arrested. <laughs> like, it was literally like I just got into the back of a cop car. Yeah. <laughs> after the police officer asked me to, and I'm like, sure. Did you go to court? <laughs> no. I did go to court. Oh, let me ask you this, Scott. Panfil. Yeah. So you got arrested, but you didn't go to jail? How, what the f*** is that like? Yeah, wait a second. I'll give you the super quick version of it. Uh, we were drinking at a town park. We were all 20 and a half. And uh, no, it's, it's for real. We, I was, my birthday is in December. It was that summer, right? And uh, the cops come by, I'm playing guitar. And they're like, hey, we, got a, we got a complaint about volume. Uh, hippies. We're going to take your... In the playground. And this, you, were off, you were off, right? We're going to take your uh, cooler, come get it in the morning. And now I know you don't go back for the cooler in the morning. You can leave. <laughs> but I went back for the cooler in the morning. and like, hey, guys, I'm just grabbing the cooler. We're leaving. And they're like, no, 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 hold on. Yeah. Come on uh, over here. It was, like, it was like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer wins a free boat and all the police want to do is arrest him. Yep. And he goes for the boat and he's arrested. <laughs> yep. So, wait, you were arrested at the police station, processed, but yes. never put into a jail cell, and then released on your own recognizance? Ah. Yes. And um, we were charged and brought in front of the judge that morning. Really? Because, because it's a money grab. That's all it was. Right? They, uh, they wanted to find well, us. I mean, so they brought us in were, front of the judge that morning in pajama pants. <laughs> you were violating the law. We were... Obviously, violating the law. Um, but they they fast tracked us right to the uh, right to the courtroom that morning. So you we went from guilty. processing straight to the judge in pajama pants. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, the judge has seen plenty of people in pajama pants. Oh yeah. Uh, and did you did you drink underage? Yes, sir. We did. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Uh, that's a fine of $300. And the whole group that we were with, we all chipped in. He, and, and honestly, that's a fine of $300. There's an ATM in the parking lot. Was that $300 each or just all together? Yeah, all together. So we, uh, all, we all went into the parking oh, lot and took out easy. 40 yeah, bucks. Like, yeah. They didn't write it off as boys will be boys. <laughs> no, but I Scott, did. Can you, I, Scott, can you tell us what you were drinking when you were when you were caught? It's a super good question, but I almost I can almost guarantee. I'm hoping it's it, OV splits. I almost nah. guarantee it was twisted tea. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> nothing. Nothing as high class as OV splits from bottles. Twisted tea from no bottles before they went to cans. Come on. <laughs> No amount of twisted tea is worth three hundred dollars. You'll let that go. Agreed. <laughs> Listen, man. Next time, I'll be I'll honest. Just, I won't go in the next time I'm twenty. I never got arrested for drinking Zima, but I did have to hop several fences while running from cops That's for, awesome. for for drinking Zima. <laughs> we've been there. I think we've all been there. I don't know what's 
I turned myself in. Were drinking oh, wrong, or they, they caught, right? I, I'm sorry, Campbell. I cannot see you hopping a fence with a fucking bottle of Zima in your hand. Oh, that 100% happened, and younger, in my earlier formative years, I was a lot more athletic. <laughs> okay. I can't believe that. I just can't believe you still the kept Zima. the bottle of Zima in your hand while you did it. That's awesome. No, one one time went to jail and was and the only reason I asked Panfil if he was arrested for criminal trespassing is that was what I was arrested for was criminal trespassing. Awesome. So real Nurse quick update, Carl, I I tweeted I tweeted at Big Ditch that you only used the word 16 times and they tweeted back that they were highly disappointed. <laughs> I just want to point that out. It's still young guys. The night is, we, the well, I think, I think at the end he can just kind of rip them off chainsaw style and uh, we can get that count up. Dude, we, we need did, that uh, That's the gold. We I did need. the podcast with uh, the guys with Brian Merrick and um, yeah. What the hops. Yeah. The what the hops podcast. And I did it with JP at Brickyard Brewing right. like a year oh. ago. And uh, we had to call the, the name of the, the title of the episode was all the Richards because we just kept saying the word so much. Nice. It was like, I mean, it was, it was epic. It was epic. I highly recommend. I mean, so this is the thing about Merrick is you'll like go to record a podcast with him and he'll record like four and a half hours <laughs> of everybody just getting absolutely hammered and he'll edit it down to like an hour and 25 minutes. Awesome. And, but somehow he still left in every single time we talked about ticks. it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, speaking, so of JP, speaking of JP, we know you're uh, uh, helping him brew a beer coming up soon. Yeah, uh, so how did Jesse, that work out? What are you doing here? Bring this back? Guy getting us back on track. What are you yeah, doing? I'm sorry. That's, that's a legit that's cool. That's, sorry. that's what we're we going straight sideways. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm always looking actually, for segues. <laughs> yeah, so this is a segue into your. So, <laughs> if you want to listen to the uh, the last WNY Brew News podcast, that's with John Paul Matier. Of Brickyard Brewing Company. Is that and, how you uh, pronounce his name? Yeah, yeah Mateer. Oh, I've, I feel so bad. Why? Well, you were calling him Meter. Meter. I've been calling him Meter for ever. Dude. Mateer. It, Drop the f***ing it, it You're fine. The episode's, <laughs> the episode's already <laughs> out. Everybody thinks, everybody thinks he's freaking like some kind of an Irish git. But he oh. is. He's actually French. So it's oh. Mateer. I'll take so, your word What yeah. is that Irish yet? I am. So, he the, yeah, he was on the podcast last week. I probably yeah. am too. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, any more super ice. bummer about Brickyard? Yeah, I actually said I was like, man, if that happened to my brewery, I'd climb to the top of the Peace Bridge and jump the f- off of it. Wow, I have Hot no take. idea. I have no idea how he is so composed and so professional and just dealing with just all the shit that they have to deal with. It's, it's insane. Um, 
I guess it just proves to me what a rock star John Paul really is. So he asked me, like, it was, it was like the day after the fire happened. He was like, I want to brew a batch Bronco. And he's like, I want to do it at your spot. And I was like, okay, cool, man. I was like, we'll figure it out. So I had him come in the next day and I went through and I was like, well, I can move this here and I can move that there and blah, 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 blah. And this is like on a Thursday. I was like, how do you feel about brewing the beer on Monday and Tuesday? And he was like, done. I'll have everything here. And I was like, freaking gold mine, dude. So we squeezed it in super fast. Um, I had to move around. Uh, my life became very, very, very hectic. So we got 37 barrels of Bronco, white Bronco, sitting in a fermenter right now, just chugging away. Um, we're going to can it on the 18th of June. And he is going, I told him, I was like, dude, you're going to just like drop 300 cases on the sidewalk in front of Brickyard. And he's like, yeah, and we'll sell out in like 15 minutes. I was like, good for you. Um, I don't know if anybody saw their Instagram post from the Lewiston farmer's market today. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Dude, did you see that f-ing line? The line was intense, dude. Our, I mean, uh, are you guys is... going to be selling any at uh, Pressure Drop? Ooh. Probably not. Oh. Probably not. Damn. Well, no. I mean, the whole point of this thing was to make Bronco for JP. Right. And so, and Brickyard, they need that. So, they're going to, I mean, we'll somehow figure out a way to get it home to Lewiston. It's a lot of beer. And, um... In the you back know, of JP, just name, saying, man. we're willing to lighten well, the load. Well, they actually do have, they do have like the Brickyard Brewing Company van, which is a pretty dope van. Um, so he could probably take like 160 cases in there each time. But I don't know how the f- they're going to get it out of there. They don't have a forklift. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! You know, um. Just bodies, man. Downstack it. Downstack it like a bunch of, you know, like um, my father-in-law, he used to help build skyscrapers in Guadalajara back in the 1950s in Mexico. And basically, it was just, I swear to God, you just filled up a five-gallon bucket full of concrete and you put it on top of your head and walked up 15 flights of stairs and then poured the floor. And I swear, when you start a sentence, I never know where it's going to end. <laughs> oh. He says to me, he goes, he says to me, he looks at me, and I, he's like, Carl, he's like, you know, we were like, in order to build a skyscraper back in the 50s, he's like, we were like ants. There was just thousands of us. Wow. You know? And so I think of that, like, with trying to get all this beer out of the back of the Brickyard van, it's like, dude, just get 20 people freaking down yeah. stacking cases, man, like yeah. ants. Get everybody working hard. Mm-hmm. Or just drop a pallet off by us, and we'll take care of it. Yeah, well, I gotta pick. I'm up gonna let us. you in on a secret, man. Ooh, yes. Oh God, this. By the way, dude, Carl, I told you I have two cans of dog birthday party left, and I only open them on my dog's birthdays. This is from September 20th of 2018. Mm-hmm. And my dog's birthday is November 8th, and that's the next time I'll drink a can. This is freaking delicious. 
It's only gotten better as time has gone on. Oh, I'm sure. But I got yeah, a can so, of Aqua Jesus in the fridge. I can't wait to open it. I got wait, one okay, can so of faded claws with, uh, left. Like Carl was going to give us the uh, yeah. Who the f- just had the can of Aqua Jesus on Mark. screen? Mark. Mark. Unlabeled, of course. That's how we do. I mean, it's got- Mark, are you drinking that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark, tell us about it. Yeah, talk about it, Holmes. It's uh, it's, it's pretty boozy, um, obviously. Um, All right, hold on. I'll be back. It's like, I mean, it, it, it's not smooth, but it's like smooth for something that's 11.9. Like, so um, they, they said, tell us about it, Mark. And then they both walked away. Yeah. No, I'm right here, man. I just had to grab my kid. Tell the audience about it. Tell the global us about it. So, so Mark, so when, when I first bought, when I bought the, or Scott bought this for some of this for me originally, Carl said if you age it, it would turn into like like kind of like a really good tasting barley wine. Is yeah, I remember him saying that as well. And then he said, no, don't sit down. Don't do that. No. <laughs> I think it's going to get there. Um, when did, did... Yeah, when did this get released? Like in the fall, right? Yeah. I remember doing uh, pints of this at the late August 31st. Oh, okay. So maybe it was like maybe September was when it was. I thought it was. Um, yeah, it's it's getting there. Like I think, like, yeah. I mean, it's got that. Like, I'm trying to like. There aren't that many IPAs like at this high ABV, but like you know, the kind of sweetness that like a Dogfish 120 has. Oh, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've got two cans left, so it'll be interesting to see. Just like you know, a few months from now, I'll drink another one, and then. Yeah, I my, told my you it was the memory of that beer was going to uh, Lakeward and the guy pouring us like yeah. six. You guys drinking glasses. pints of it? There we go. Ryan, you've got a can. You're gonna open? Yeah, I'm about to open it right here. All right, I'm so sorry. I got I one to, more in my beer fridge. Got the pineapple sticky trees. I got the sticky. Oh, icky. Joe. Moving on to the soda jerk. Oh, oh and there's Strummer. Brian's got some Joe Strummer over there somewhere. So, Joe is having a rough night. Oh, poor guy. Well, one of my neighbors is kind of like you guys and feels it's, like, appropriate to, like, blow off fireworks. Yeah, we're savages. (laughs) Joe does not like fireworks. I hear you. My my dog doesn't like fireworks either. Every single part of his body is shaking right now. So, okay, so so Carl, let me ask you a quick question. So, do I go with the Aqua Jesus, or do I go with the two-year-old Strummer? Oh, two-year-old Strummer should taste phenomenal. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. That is that is a beer that only gets better with time. This is from July twelfth, twenty eighteen. That was, I think, the first time that we can Strummer. Yeah, Super Rescue. Yeah, yeah, because Joe's a super rescue. Is it sad to say that in the beginning I thought, based on your email, that Joe Strummer was your business partner? (laughs) (laughs) He kind of is. Yeah, maybe he is. 
He's a he's a company mascot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Are you having a rough go of it? I don't know if that was the best take of this podcast or Carl com- admitting he committed 32 different crimes in one night. I <laughs> I'll give it I'll give it to Carl. I'll give it to Carl. There's a lot wait, of high what? points. There's a lot of high points. Wait, wait, what was the high point? Oh, that hurt. Jesse thinking Joe Strummer was your business partner or you admitting you committed 32 crimes in one night. Uh, oh, 32 crimes is like that's like <laughs> He only told us one. I'm interested in the others. And no, yeah, he only. Yeah. I'm not going to push. No, of course not. No, don't Those push because then you'll, you'll, have have to, you'll have to pull the entire episode. That's, that's <laughs> content. We don't need to. We don't need to reveal that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's just put it this way. Are you, Are you familiar with the term somebody having a checkered past? <laughs> Brian, which beer did you open? <laughs> I I just poured the uh, the two year old strummer. Oh, okay. All right. I still have the Aqua Jesus. The Aqua Jesus? Or no one else just wants to open a 12%? No, I don't have it. I drank all mine. I'm going to open it in a second, but Carl said this would be good, so I wanted to open it. I just opened the Soda Jerk. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a new beer. And uh, you were talking earlier about, you know, how all the breweries are pressured to uh, put out new beers, put out new beers, put out new beers. But, you know, on the consumer side it kind of puts a little pressure on us as well because we have this like, like fear of missing out. We've, we've got this, uh, you know, especially with what we do here, you know, we like to uh, drink them all as they say. Um, so we've got this kind of like fear of missing out and uh, we specialize in FOMO at the beer league. That's why during this, I feel like I've been spending so much more money than usual because there's been so many new beer releases and I got to drink them all. Yeah. So it kind of puts a little pressure on us too. Uh, yeah, I can understand get out there that. And, and, and get the new stuff. And yeah. because of that, I, I really haven't been buying a lot of the staple beers. I think the only staple beers I've had in the last three months is probably Sticky Trees and maybe uh, Resurgence's Bridge Pilsner. Other than that, it's been all new Frank. beer releases. Sticky Trees and Frank have gotten yeah, me. Frank. I will say this. I will say this. So, like, if you ever look at, like, trending beers in Western New York, like as far as like social media apps are concerned and stuff like that. Number one trending beer, 99.9% of the time is Hayburner. Um, Hayburner hasn't registered as a trending beer in two and a half months. Yeah. So it's like you talking about how like, oh my gosh, like staple beers are down. Well, I mean, the average consumer, because I mean, like, let's be very honest with ourselves right now is you guys are a lot more invested than most people, right? Yeah. So the average consumer who's consuming craft is still consuming that stable beer, but that's not the same person who is going to be engaging with like beer social media for, you know, like everybody else to see. Um, it is the beers that are quote unquote trending are the ones who are, it's just whatever's new. So like soda jerks trending, liquid lollipops are always trending. Um, Sticky icky was trending for like probably almost two weeks. Um, But it's like whatever is new. So like top hat from resurgence is trending right now. And, but like, as far as what's being purchased overall. Yeah. I mean, dude, don't get me wrong, man. Freaking Hayburner can sales are astronomically high at the moment. 
But, you know, when they did Space Donkey, that was that was like a crazy day for them. They've never done anything like that before, you know? And it was, I mean, it was trending for about 10 whole minutes. But, I mean, it was like one of those That's things. It was about like, how long it took to sell out, I think, right? You know, well, they actually didn't sell out. They no, actually they didn't. didn't sell out. But they did a record amount of cases through the tasting room in a single day. And when they contacted their distributor and told them how much beer they were going to get, the distributor literally threw a fit. Like, we thought we were going to get 250 cases, and now we're getting, like, 40, you know? And so it's... um. You know, as far as you talk about fear of missing out, though, um, I, I really, I understand that, but at the same point in time, I almost feel like, dude, you can't be everywhere all at once. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but the, I mean, I think the pressure comes with, um, with, with so many breweries doing so many, what they end up being is one-offs. And, yeah. you know, if, if they I mean, end up never being gonna these sort of legendary again. beers, you're never going to have that chance again. It will maybe not for a year or, or two years or something. So, and you want to be a part of that. I mean, so some beers comes from some beers, you know, will make a comeback, but other ones won't like, I don't know, man, I was so in love with volcano bunny that I'm like, God, I got to make that beer again, you know, but at the same point in time, like, Soda jerk, dude. I love that beer. Never gonna make it again. No way. No way. You Why? Know? Why? What, what's the reasoning? For yeah, that? breaking news. I don't know. I guess it's just like it's it's hard to explain, man. It's like here, well, let's get some let's get some Joe Strummer in here. Oh, hi, Joe. Some beers you just absolutely, I don't know. It's, you just, you have to do it again. And like Dank Sinatra, I was like, dude, I have to make this beer again. Please do. Quite honestly, a hundred percent because I wanted to make it better. <laughs> but um, like, we're going to do another aqua beer with Big Ditch this year. Nice. So, so um, nice quad IPA or what are you going to do? No, no, well, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. They no, kind of no. upped the game on you, didn't they? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> dude, it was like 14 2. 3, 14 but that's fine. Yeah, let's not exaggerate. It was 14 2, 14 3. No, I'm saying well, your board should be 15%. That stuff was, I will say this for what it was, that beer was incredible. But as soon as that beer hit like 52 degrees, it was like drinking jet fuel. Um, I kept it on. Uh, I kept it on. Uh, I put it in a, bu- a champagne bucket, ice on my patio, and I sipped it. Oh yeah, you got to keep it cold. You got to keep hurt? it cold because as soon as that beer, because like I, I actually split some with Jolly mm. and with Kirchmer, and um, dude, when it was ice cold, it was incredible for what it was like it wasn't hot you got plenty of hop note you're like holy crap this is not like 14 plus percent and then as soon as it hit like 50 degrees you were just like oh yeah 
No, this is like drinking brandy. Um, <laughs> it's like super hoppy brandy. Yeah. It was good though. It was good. Um, I don't want to. I don't like, feel like you single... should have to chase the numbers in that regard. No, yeah, I don't. I don't like. I mean, I want to. I want to push the envelope, but I don't want like last year. I was like, dude, if if we would make. So this year we're talking about doing. We, we haven't decided on a on a deity yet. A quintuple but, IPA. Yeah. So the thing is, though, is that we're we're not going to push push the, the envelope in that direction. We're going to push it in a different direction. Ooh, a you know? session IPA, maybe like three percent. No, 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 no. We're going to definitely do like a double. But we might like do a six pound per barrel dry hop. Or. Okay. We might find. I'm sold. That's a lot. Of, we might thirty dollars a four pack, but you know, yeah, yeah, thirty dollars a four pack. <laughs> like, I mean, we sold Aqua Jesus. It was fifteen ninety nine a four pack, yeah. dude, yeah. for a twelve percent beer. Yeah, um, great deal. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, this is the number one thing is even if we do something that's like six pounds of hops per barrel, it'll be. It, it, I mean, it won't be cheap. But it's not going to be a $25 four-pack. Like, or it won't be, you know, like a $10 can. Like, I would, I don't know. Matt Khan actually said it best once. He said, all we want to do is make good beer and try to put it in as many hands as possible. Right? And I agree with that. I agree with that philosophy. And one of the ways that I feel that you can put it in as many hands as possible is to not, you know, go crazy with pricing. You know, I mean, even if you're going to make some radical beer that's doing all sorts of crazy weird, if you can price it, you you get you gotta try to make it accessible to the general public. If you can't make it too accessible to the general public, what the fuck is the point of making beer? You know, I feel like the breweries that go after that market, uh, they're going after the flightiest of customers. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say the answer to that is you're making beer for 500 people in the Buffalo Niagara area for yeah. a thousand. Right. Years. That's it. Like maybe not even that many. I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't want to make. I don't want to make beer for. I don't want to make beer for 500 people. I want to make beer for 50,000, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some, I mean, um, some places are clearly making beer for fewer. Than you know, I'm a big, right? I'm a big, big fan of the proletariat. Right. So like the working class and people work for a living and they freaking work hard for their money and they try to make their money go as far as possible. And at the same point in time, we're a small operation so, like, obviously, our overhead is a little bit higher and our beer is a little bit more expensive than some other places. But I don't ever want to put it, like, out of reach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want anybody who's, like, truly interested and truly a fan to not have to, like, miss a f- meal in order to buy my beer. Yeah. <laughs> So, or like miss their car insurance payment, you know, in order to purchase our product. 
Yeah, I, um, I would skip dinner to buy a four pack of sticky, but that's just me. Well, I mean, a four pack of sticky trees is probably a higher calorie count than your dinner anyway. So, <laughs> fair, fair point. <laughs> four pack of sticky trees is probably somewhere around like thirteen hundred calories. So, Oof. yeah, I don't want to think about that. That doesn't need to be said out loud. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. we don't like I actually. So, fun fun point. I went to Genesee, and we were There's taking... There's no calorie counts on these cans, and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I went to Genesee, though. I went to Genesee Brewery, and I was getting the Black Alicious tested before we put it into the barrels, because I needed an exact ABV before we put it in. And then I took it, when we took it out, we got an exact ABV from Jenny again. So when they run your beer through an alkalizer, though... It does. It gives you all sorts of fun numbers, like calories and carbohydrates and like all this shit. And so, he, the head chemist at Jenny, this guy Joe Bustos, who's he's an absolute treasure. You guys should have him on sometime. Um, he uh, he says to me, he goes, "Oh wow," because he like saw the finishing gravity on the beer, and he was just like, "Yeah," he's like, "Dude, this is going to be like sugar in a can." He was like, oh, wow. He goes, it's actually, it's only 320 calories for a 12-ounce serving. Oh, and I was just like, really? Oh, I was like, that seems astronomically low. And then he looks right at me and goes, oh, this is where you're killing them. And I was like, excuse me, what? He goes, yeah, it's like 57 grams of carbs for 12 ounces. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't, I'm not like a calorie or a carb counter. Like, give me like some kind of analogy to like make that rebel event. And he goes, drinking 12 ounces of this is the exact same amount of carbohydrates as drinking 26 McUltras. <laughs> but who wants to drink 26 McUltras? Yeah. Uh, you should right. talk that. to my buddy's mother-in-law. She'll she'll drink twenty six <laughs> McUltras in a sitting. Uh, you know, yeah. she's she's that McUltra crowd. Give me a black delicious yeah. or twenty six. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> so the barrel aged version, though, those bottles were sixteen point eight fluid ounces. So you basically drank like forty McUltras every single time you drank one of those. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Again, who is I, I don't. I want to know who is judging their beer based on how many McUltras they drink. I, tr- I try not to drink any McUltras, so... Keep in mind, there are people who, like, go running and do yoga and drink beer, and... There are a lot of people on this podcast right now who go running. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. I would Mul- like to be conscious times about per week. Thing, but I don't understand yeah. the concept of a carb. Yeah. <laughs> what? I understand a calorie. It's a you know, it's a unit of heat burning off. You know, but how does that relate to a carb? I, I, I like you can have carbs and not calories. That blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Car- carbs are just sugar that your body processes differently than if it was like just like pure cane sugar. So like pure cane sugar, th- like think of it almost like the from the point of like uh, yeast, like consuming sugar when making alcohol, 
right? So you have sugar chains that are very short and very simple, like dextrose. Very short, very short, like super chill sugar chain. And yeast just blasts right through them and make a ton of alcohol out of that. But then you get like these maltodextrin chains and like they're a lot more, they're longer, they're more complicated. And quite honestly, the yeast doesn't feel like breaking it down, right? Right. So it just gives up on those. And that's how you get like a, a beer that has like more body to it, right? Because Why doesn't my body longer. do the same thing as the yeast and just give up on it and it out? Well, no. So it doesn't shit it out. What it does is it stores it, and you just slowly grow a bullfrog neck. And yeah, so like this right here, that's all Malta. This is all carbs that my body can process. This is why Western Art Brews is going to have two episodes per week. Yeah. One where we just talk, and then the second one is where we talk brewing. Yeah, like legit. Because well, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, guys, we are two hours in. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, no, I, I got like at least two more beers to go. So We we should yeah. close this up. If, if Carl, though, if you're still good for two more beers, I mean. You see what happens when we have Panfil here? Last week with, with uh, Cl- Will Cleveland, we go three hours with no guidance. Easter two smarter. Years, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh wait, you had Will Cleveland on? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So thank you for not inviting me to that. <laughs> Future episode mayhaps. Well, I'll tell you right now. Will Cleveland is a rock star. Right? Wow. Carl, don't mind that you have another beer journalist on this podcast right now, but that's 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 fine. No, 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 no. I'm not taking away from you, Cream of Mushroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, I thought we retired that. <laughs> oh, no. We brought a lot of stuff back this week. Middle fingers and Cream of Mushroom all day long. Even your um, wife told you not to call me that. Did she? Yes. Well, I have a selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say this. Will Cleveland is an amazing individual and that is true. I think he brings a lot he brings a lot to the Rochester scene that it's missing in a lot of ways. Um not only from like a experienced like he's an experienced beer drinker. But at the same point in time too he's also super supportive of, of like hyper local He's willing to give anybody a chance. And like him and Joe McBain came to my place. God, man, that was two and a half years ago. And when they first walked in, they were like, who the f- is this guy? What the f-? like Rudy told us to come here. Like, why the f- are we here? And then they sat down and they started drinking the beers and they're like, oh, okay, now we understand why we're here. And ever since then, Will and I have had, like, a really good relationship with one another. So. This Carl um, Dude, this, you were, you were spot on about Strummer. It is so beautiful right now. Dude, so 
beautiful thing about Belgian beer is it just gets better with age. Yeah. Like, this is wonderful. You, it does eventually reach a point where the like interior of the can just starts to break down. Oh boy. Um, well, beer is acidic and it'll break down the interior of the can lining. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, no, Strummer will just keep getting better and better and better. So wait a minute. You guys had Will Cleveland on. Yeah. And you did three hours with Will? <laughs> yeah, we literally did three hours with him, yes. We won't say it was all coherent. Well, we did drink a lot, but yes, we did have him on for three hours. I was going to say, I mean, I mean, we're two hours in. I'm still fairly coherent. You know? Yeah. Um, I was actually about to hit my beer fridge in my garage. Ooh. Where I have like five-year-old bottles of homebrew. Now we're talking. That I actually trucked out here from California. Ageable styles, I assume? Some of them. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff you should share with us when we're in person. Yeah, I'm with Jesse. That's a great idea. You guys just need to come by the house and blast through this. Um, (laughs) Deal. We got like, I got like, I don't know. I made this like ridiculous, like dogfish 90 minute. It wasn't like a clone, but like I never, I never ever tried to make, when I was homebrewing, I never tried to make anybody else's beer. But I would taste somebody else's beer and be like, that is something that I want to emulate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I do I do know. I've, I've tried to make sticky trees, and I've not gotten anywhere close. But every try is still, you know, fairly, fairly good. You know? Jesse, do you want it's to reveal something. the name to your sticky trees uh, clone? I call it Tacky Shrubs. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Did you, call it, did you call it Tacky Shrubs? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Too good. Kind of a play on words. It's Too also good. got that Chictawaga flair. Well, I'll say this, dude. Uh, you know, maybe one of these days at uh, Pressure Drop, we can make a beer called Tacky Shrubs. Dude, Tacky shrubs. yes. Uh, yes. I give you the right. <laughs> We're in. I'm trying to think of a label for it right now. So, like, we've been having a lot of fun with label art lately. I mean, we always have a lot of fun with label art, but we got a, the the new one that's coming out for uh, Sour Diesel. I'm just gonna like picture this in your head, like this like crazy tie dye background with a bunch of Sour Patch Kids like tossing diesel gas on one another. What? And yeah, it's it's bizarre. It is out there, but it is absolutely. I, I, I'm serious. I'm putting it in like top ten labels we got. So I'm just saying, um, I just searched untapped. Nobody else has that beer name right now. Sour Diesel? No, Tacky Shrubs. Uh, oh, Tacky Shrubs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get down with Tacky Shrubs. Like, I'm into it. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but this has got to be, like, Tacky Shrubs has got to be, like, old school. Like, almost like Sierra Nevada style, like, tons of Crystal 60 and, like, all Cascade and Centennial, you know? I dig it. We'll just put it this way. It won't sell. Um, <laughs> oh. Wow. All right. Well, 
I mean, if we wanted to do like all you're looking at your target audience right here. (laughs) All right, there we go. (laughs) I I will say this: I get into uh, plenty of conversations with guys, and they're like, uh, "One of my favorite all time is, oh, you need to make a Maybach." And I'm like, "Do I? Do I need to make a Maybach?" (laughs) And um. So they say, like, oh, you need to make a Maybach. And I'm like, yeah, like, I would absolutely love to make a Maybach. But what's going to end up happening is um, that, like, you need to buy $10,000 worth of Maybach for me to make it. (laughs) Because the only two people who are going to drink it are me and you. Um. So with tacky shrubs, just get your checkbook out. Um, <laughs> I mean, tacky shrubs, just sticky trees, right? So, whoa, whoa. Hmm. Nah, we can't, we, could, we couldn't actually do sticky trees and then just call it tacky shrubs. We would have to do no, something different. Yeah, what? we would have to do something that would emulate the name. Tacky what if shrubs. we actually? What if we put weed into the boil, like actual dank ganja? Yes. Um. So that would be considered highly illegal. Never mind. Okay, yeah. scratch that. Um. <laughs> what if we just don't tell people? You all, oh, Jesse. That's way worse. <laughs> yeah. So they guess? are actually trying to find a way in New York State for breweries to use CBD. But... We've had the CBD beers before. But... Yeah, but none of those CBD beers were actually probably made by New York State breweries. No, we're and, not Virginia. Yeah. So, New York State... Trust me, I get, mm-hmm. like... I make the phone call, like, weekly, like yo, can I put CBD extract into a beer yet? And they're like, nope. <laughs> and then like a week later, I call back and I'm like, can I put CBD in, into a beer yet? And they're like, absolutely not. And I'm like, can I put CBD into a beer yet? And they're like, nope. Um, you can't even do like extract of it. It's kind of a real bummer right now with New York State. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with the new budget, they're talking about possibly like legalizing weed, um, which would be a beautiful thing. Would make a lot of sense right now. Well, yeah, I mean, so you've got this, uh, you know, state economy that is just seriously struggling for money, and uh, with that state economy that's seriously struggling for money. Um, holy do I have like a five-year-old bottle of Breaking Bud in here? Dude. It would be advantageous of them to do that just to try and raise revenue. They never raise as much revenue as they think they're going to raise. So like, they'll be like, oh, we're going to, we're going to make, you know, like $280 million through, you know, cannabis revenue. It's never that much money. Um, the only people who actually exceeded their goal Oh, holy No, this is a five-year-old bottle of Belgian Blondale. 
Nice. Is it just me or can no one else see Carl right now? No, 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 no nobody else can see me. Yeah, we can't Carl's see a mystery. Him. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, I have to go to bed super soon. Oh my oh. god, Pickle. This is late for me. He actually has to you know, do things in the morning. I have to teach elementary schoolers in the morning. It's probably a matter of time before my wife yells at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Carl, thought for another beer name. Space Monkey Knife Fight. Can't do it. No? Why not? What? No, I mean, you obviously know the reference for Space Monkey is like yeah. we're ripping off George Lucas. And Monkey Knife Fight is, just reminds me of The Simpsons. Yep. So there actually was a beer called Monkey Knife Fight, and it was made by... But there's Maurice. not a Space Monkey Knife Fight. That's true. That's true. And maybe like, we, we should team up with you and make Space Monkey Knife Fight. Space Monkey Knife Fight, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a great beer. The brewery that made Monkey Knife Fight, though, was, uh, I can't remember the name of the brewery, but they were in Sacramento, and they were open since, like, 1996, and they went out of business last year. Pyramid? No, it was not Pyramid. Um, We've got no, no problems there. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't have any problems as far as, like, the naming of it is concerned. The problem that you're really running into is the bad luck of naming a beer of a brewery that went out of business. So, cause there is like a bad luck factor to that. Um, which I personally try to avoid the next space monkey beer will be, Space Monkey Episode 5, Space Monkey Strikes Back. And I can guarantee that there will be a Space Monkey missing a hand on the label. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very uh, reminiscent of uh, our good friend Luke Skywalker. But at the same point, though, too... Um, we did go down the Space Monkey Road for the Coalition beer that we're going to release on June 20th. So that is going to be called Space Mingos. Oh, breaking news. Uh, I I heard this yesterday. Sorry. Damn you, Scott. Did I also... Scott, did I also show you the label for Space Mingos? Maybe. <laughs> think so. so how many beers in did you show them this label? Yeah, there was a lot going on yesterday. Yeah, so Space Mingos is literally going to be like a bunch of pink flamingos having a laser battle in outer space. <laughs> did tell me that. I don't think you showed me it, though. Craig is like, what? <laughs> does one does do one of those mingos have Mark's face on them? Because I hope so. Oh no, but what we actually did stick on there though was the uh so I don't know how well do you guys know Jolly? 
Uh, I know him very well. Yeah, Mark knows him better than the rest of yeah. us, but I know him. Okay, so Jolly, yeah, we know used to, Jolly used to bartend at a joint on Military Road called Our Bar. Yeah. Mm. His and so wife, his stepfather owned it for a while, right? Or his, oh, exactly. his father in law, not stepfather. Sorry, father in law. Father in law. Yeah. So we actually did stick the R Bar logo on this beer, too. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Do you, okay, do you have so, a backup that you can show us? Uh, uh, we'll yeah, just I mean, you make, make it wait. If it's you, on you your device, just, you can share it. Just but. wait and see. You just wait okay. and see. Okay, no problem. Scott Panfield has just—he's left us. He's like, yeah, he's a piece of. Oh, did he? No, no. Well, maybe, so, maybe. I also have to work early in the morning too. Sunday podcast. All these wasn't, people, wasn't all it Panfield's de- decision to push this to Sunday? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so wait, how did? It, how did it become a Sunday thing, anyways? Um, Scott, how did it become a Sunday thing this week? Oh no, I was I was camping this weekend. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go, Carl. He was camping. I I appreciate everyone's willingness to bring it to Sunday. Oh, All I'm gonna say, Scott, is priorities, priorities, priorities. You, you learn the hard way what happens when you leave us in charge of a podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. That'll never so, happen. Yeah. yeah, three three hours with Will Cleveland. Three, three hours of hot mess with Will Cleveland. Yeah, I'm sure much. it wasn't a hot mess. Oh, I wouldn't be so sure. I don't know about that. So back to the whole brickyard thing, please. JP is an absolute rock star, and he is an a pleasure to work with and anything that we can do to help out Brickyard is like Mm -hmm. top of the priority list right now. So as long as I can still keep doing what I need to do in the brewery, if we can find space for Brickyard, we will keep making their beer. Awesome. Until, you know, whenever it is that he reopens. Um, I'll say this, though, too. So we've got a couple new projects on the burner. um, And one of them is the 2020 version of Black Alicious. Ooh. Where's the the breaking news? Uh, so, breaking news on Black Alicious is, yeah, um, we will be doing a lot more barrels this year. Yes, nice. And we will be doing, and they will all be local. So, I've already reached out to Hartman's Distilling. Which is like right around the corner. Yeah, I've already reached out to um, Bobby Finan at um, Tommy Rotter because last year his bourbon barrels that he gave us were just unbelievable. So I'm going to try and get 
multiple bourbon barrels from him this year. Um, and Hartman's were probably going to do rye and maybe bourbon as well. We're going to try and do probably four or five variants. Where last year we did three variants, we're going to try and do four or five this year. Um, and we're going to try and up the ABV too. We're going to try and get the ABV around like 10, 10 and a half. Last year was nine. It was very, very, very good. We're going to try and amplify that a little bit and get a little higher. And uh, so we're working on the new Black Alicious project. So I hope that that doesn't take tank space away from JP. It might for a hot minute, maybe like two to three weeks. But at the same point in time, if I can keep a tank open, because we're we're also kind of struggling right now to keep up with sticky trees. And then at the same point too, we're also going to start making sticky icky like on the regular. Nice. So more sticky icky coming at you. Ton more sticky trees coming at you. Got to do black delicious. Got sour diesel coming out. Going to be doing another freaking dry hop sour right after that one because I'm really in love with the concept of dry hop sours right now. And we are just going to keep banging them out. So as long as I can still find space for JP, we'll keep making his beer there, though. Um, That's amazing. We want you to bang away, Carl. Yeah, keep banging, brother. Never stop. Never Brian, stop. well... So, Carol, before any, anything else, you're anything else coming yeah, up. I just poured a beer. You 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 uh, you, you kind of listed some of the beers. Anything else you want to let us know about that's coming up? Uh, release? Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. In the the one thing that has like absolutely blown my mind. So I mean, like you sit there and it was March 11th was when the mayor of the city of Buffalo was like, hey, man, we're going to shut everything down, you know? And we were really, really, really nervous. Um, I mean, all businesses were nervous, but, you know, um, we were included in that group. And when we were like, dude, we got this pineapple sour in the tank and, like, I don't know, I guess, like, we'll just do a curbside sale and see how it goes. And the response that we got was just, like, overwhelming. And then when we did, like, the 420 Sticky Tree sale, and then, like, I mean, and just, like, every single thing that we've been doing, it's, like, the general public has really, like, I mean, you guys will say it straight up, like, you know, there might be a little bit of that FOMO factor for you guys, but in regards to the city of Buffalo as a whole, like I cannot express the amount of like love that we have gotten from the city of Buffalo itself to come through and like help support small businesses in this like crazy time of crisis. Um, And because, I mean, I'm out on the loading dock every day selling the beer. So I see the faces, I talk to the people, and it just 
floored me to see people coming out and freaking just like doing anything they could to try and make sure that like all these local businesses were going to survive. So if there's one thought that I guess I could try to leave everybody with is like, I don't know, like city good neighbors just doesn't even describe it. Like that's just like an understatement. Um, like everything that goes on in this local community to try and help out your neighbors. I mean, everybody realizes that like, it's your neighbor who's making that beer. It's your friend, it's your family, it's your brother, it's your, you know, whatever. And dude, they, everybody came out in force to try and make sure Mm. that these businesses were going to be able to get through this whole thing. So I, I mean, if there's one thing I can say, just like to anybody who ever listens is just thank you like for every single thing that I have felt over the course of the last three months coming from the general populace. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Like I, like I never realized how much local mattered until the crisis occurred. So it was just like, that's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And to like feel that and see that like on a weekly basis is just absolutely insane. And, you know, if we can like keep this whole thing rolling and just keep everybody happy and like keep everybody swimming in good beer. I mean, that's our only goal in life. So, and that's that. Damn. Well said. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Carl for being part of this and sharing so much. And uh, thank you to the Buffalo Beer League. We'll see you on the next episode. Um, Thank you. As always, we're going out with the Rearview Ramblers. You can't buy beer with condolences. You can find them at rearviewramblers.com. Because you